1: Speak to.
0: They are who we thought they
1: were, and we let them off the hook. I get out of hand, just just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Still scattered, Westlake right Titans. That's left, three seventy two. Y stick six
0: The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt.
1: Well, how am I gonna go to college? I'll just play football. All right, here we go. Welcome into the show. Yes, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team. Farm Bureau Insurance in all 82 counties across the great state of Mississippi. Hometown heroes. Somebody you can deal with face-to-face, one-on-one. If you need to call on that insurance, you pay those premiums and Maybe you had that fender bender at 11 o'clock on Saturday night. Guess what? You don't have to wait until Monday and call somebody three states over with an 800 number during quote-unquote business hours. Nope. You just pick up your phone and text your agent who lives down the street, who you will see at church on Sunday morning. That's your local Farm Bureau in- insurance agent. Also staying connected to you here because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, C Spire, customer inspired check them out cspire.com i just got a notification i went and looked at my cspire account and i am i think let me let me count it up here i'm 3 months away from upgrade territory my handy dandy iphone 8 plus which i love 256 gigs of memory from cspire and i've been using it forever and i've kept it nice and healthy knock on wood hadn't gotten it too scratched up, banged up, beat up, crunched, or anything like that. Even though if I did, I could take it to a C Spire and they could fix it for me. But uh, anyway, it'll be due for an upgrade. And I think it'll be time to go into the new one. What's what's the new one? The 11? It's got the three cameras on it? Yeah, that'll be next. That'll be next. I'll be doing that real soon. What about you? You can check it out at cspire.com. See if you're due for an upgrade. All right. There's some news to get to. First, though, I do want to say hi and hello and howdy to everybody watching online. You're watching the live stream over at Facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. If you're watching on Periscope, Twitter Periscope, live stream, a couple different places to watch the show each day. If you want to watch it live, you can go back and watch it uh, over again if you're later on, if you're catching the replay. Uh, Max, known as Brom, complimented my hat. He likes my hat. And it's my country-pleasing sausage hat. Gray mesh on the back, blue on the front with a red hog right in the smack middle. It says country-pleasing along the back. Speaking of that, you can be a part of the show on the country-pleasing text line. 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN. Call me. Let me hear your voice on the Divini Equipment phone line. nine nine five one zero five nine. 1059 All of those are 601 numbers. Nine nine five one zero 5-9. Hey, and listen, if you're just tuning in, I want to make you aware there is um, some news out here in the sports world I, I, I just want to cover. There's actually a lot of it, and I've got a lot of stuff to kind of throw at you just to put in your lap. I just want to make sure you're aware. If you're a listener of this show, I don't want you to go out telling folks, you listen to this show, and then they go, hey, what well, did you hear? So-and-so, and you go, no, I didn't hear it. <laughs> like, Matt didn't tell you? Let me do my Best here to put some news in your lap that I feel like you're going to want. First up, this happened on Tuesday. The president at the University of Connecticut was addressing in a like an online class thing. He was talking to addressing a journalism class at the University of Connecticut, and um, there was a quote that came out of that that really hit everybody hard and made the rounds. Here it is. Again, you're talking about UConn. Not in the power five, but it's the president of the school of what is effectively in the power six. If you look at the AAC. And then I guess in in basketball, are they still big East? It's a little quirky. But regardless, they talk to people. Okay, they're all in communication. You know, commissioners are all in communication with each other. They're all in communication with, with presidents. And so this guy didn't just pull this quote out of nowhere. He said. Quote, current thinking is that likely fall sports will be canceled. With the exception of those that can be played at a safe distance. And we were talking earlier, like, what are those golf and tennis? Well, even if it's golf and tennis, they can be played at a safe distance from each other. It means each individual player would have to travel to the events on their own. Because right now they travel as teams and vans and then they fly and, you know, that whole that whole chestnut. Okay, but now here's what's happening today. A day later. They're walking it back. Both he, the school, the school spokesman. They have a spokesman named Stephanie Wright. She said it was a misunderstanding about the phrasing of what he said. Fall sports is still on. She said the quote is accurate, but that there was context. There was a preface. He said the preface or she said the preface of his comment was that fall sports would be canceled if coronavirus conditions did not improve between now and then. Quotes can be taken out of context, all that kind of stuff. One guy doesn't have information that others don't. However, I mean, the context is important. If it was, hey, if conditions don't improve, the thinking is that fall sports will be canceled. Even that, I think, is significant. Is it at the end of the world if fall sports is canceled? No. No. Let's be careful, just like John called in and said. Let's be careful about latching onto this fear and letting it just drag us all over the place. Hey, look, I mean, none of it, but facts are facts. And when a president of a school like UConn out here says, there's a scenario where we cancel fall sports, I do think it's significant, especially when it's on the back of other stories like this. According to ESPN, Boise State University, already facing $10 million in losses because of a partial shutdown, is furloughing many of its employees, including coaches and athletics staff. The important part of this is there are actual numbers and dates. So, as it, you know, Boise State, what are they? What's their conference? Mountain West? And they're big time good, right? They've played in BCS Bowls. Hard for people don't want to schedule them. They're afraid they're going to get beat. <laughs> I mean, they're really good. We know Boise State, the whole thing. So this is significant as it relates to football. We were told it's including coaches and athletics staff. So the university said that full-time, year-round employees that make over or $40,000 a year or more, are required to take furloughs between May the 3rd and July 31st. Now, the highest paid employees at Boise State, they make over $150,000 a year. They have to take 10-day furloughs. These others, they make more than 40, but they make less than 150. So between 40 and 150 is what they make. They are furloughed through July 31st. At Boise State, a football school, the date is significant. The numbers, so I mean, so what? It's just that it's across the board, including athletic staff, through July 31st. I don't think you can overstate the importance of a school like Boise State. They are a football school a school like Boise State furloughing athletics department staff through July 31st. When we coming back, Matt, how much time we need, how much practice, strength and conditioning, all that. I Man, I don't know. But we're already saying right there that absolute 100% best-case scenario at Boise State, a football school, to get all of their athletic staff back together, be the first day of August normally when football practice is either starting or about to I just don't think you can overstate the significance of that piece of information that that school is doing as it relates to the conversation of when is football coming back am I crazy y'all let me know it's not an sec school but I mean it's Boise State okay So let's just say it like it is. All right, a few other things that I want to make you aware of. On this Wednesday, now here is a story in the sports world you cannot escape. If you want to or not. Tampa Bay is bringing back Gronk. They've traded the with the Patriots for the rights to bring Rob Gronkowski out of retirement. So Brady and Gronk are going to reunite in Tampa. What do you think about it, Saints fans? I told you this as soon as Brady was in that division. It also had to do with the fact that Bridgewater is now in Carolina. Okay, The fact that Gurley is now in Atlanta. Even then, but especially now that Gronk is reuniting with Brady in Tampa, The most interesting division in all of sports is the NFC South. It used to always be the NFC East, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, and Redskins, for all kinds of reasons. The NFC South is now the most interesting division in all of sports. That's just news. You've seen it. You can't avoid it, all this. We know the XFL is defunct. They're out. They have filed for bankruptcy. The XFL closed up shop, filed for bankruptcy last week. But get this, former commissioner, Oliver Luck, former, what, athletics director at West Virginia, Andrew Luck's dad, former commissioner Oliver Luck is suing, he's a commissioner of the XFL, he's suing the XFL for the millions of dollars that were left on his contract. Now, you say suing, this is a deal where he's got a contract, they end it and file for bankruptcy, and it just goes to court. You say suing. I mean, yeah, it's suing, but it's going to court to get his money somehow, some way, because this we do know it's Vince McMahon in wrestling. They've got the money. Luck filed a wrongful termination lawsuit in federal court last week against Vince McMahon. And according to Darren Ravel, Luck's contract was supposed to pay him between 20 and 25 million over five years. It stipulated that he would be due the remaining balance if terminated without cause. And, of course, they terminated him because they filed for bankruptcy on the 13th of this month. You like legal stuff, money stuff, contract stuff? Follow that. I'm sure it will be, can be, might be, and probably is interesting. All right, here we go. Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Clyde on the phone. What's up? Hey man, how you doing today? As far as I know, I'm just right. How about you? Good. Question I have talking about football and, and you talked about the uh Mountain West up there with, with the uh school that's kinda of furloughed their employees yeah. mm-hmm. if they do play football, let's say starting in August
0: or September, who's gonna test all these players? Who who I mean you're you're talking about testing of these players. Yeah. If they could test one week and
1: then the next week test positive, who's at a greater risk, the fans or the players that will be out on the field? I've heard a report that the SEC commissioner is still up in arms about whether they'll even play this year football this fall year because of all of the necessary – got to have coaching staffs, everybody that's going to be on that field, uh, referees, and everybody tested prior to that game being started. And I'll hang up. And let you talk about it for a second. Thanks, Clyde. Yeah, and and it's a great point. It is, I think, the point. If we want to, if we take the conversation past just speculating, can they bring football back, or could they bring it back? The, the next step in that conversation is how. Okay, so if we go, we're going to go. Yeah, okay. Well, they can bring it back. All right. Well, then how? Okay, well, the first thing we get to is, yeah. Well, how do you test if somebody's sick, and what do you do with the ones who are? Right. So we're now we're into vaccines and treatment, but of course, finding out that they have the virus is the first thing, which is the testing. So you're pointing to the the really the entire crux of the issue of. I want to say an early return of the sport, but it but that's not the right phrase. An on-time start to college football. Let's just take college, for instance. It's testing, right? It's going to all be about testing. Well, and I take you back, Clyde, to a conversation we had via the Country Pleasing Text Line. Several listeners, Jason, myself, several others, talking about this a couple of weeks ago. And that is playing football without fans. That's all across sports. Rory McIlroy said he didn't believe they should have the Ryder Cup without fans. Just don't have it. What's the point of having a Ryder Cup if you don't have fans? You know, that's his deal. You know, that's golf. Uh, You've heard others. Uh, Jack Swarbrick, the guy up at, I guess the AD up at Notre Dame, in a comment that we played on this show last week said, it just did not make any sense to play the games without fans. It's not for me. You know, so people feel about it a certain way, but logistically what's – what what people like jason have pointed out is you could theoretically play with 85 well let's just go 65 guys in uniform on one sideline 65 in uniform on the other and coaching staff television personnel all these people in the stadium just no fans because you could test that many players and coaches before the game you could also test that many after the game here is the thing that i keep coming back to also And this is, for me to say this, Clyde, is a huge repeat for anybody listening to this show because I've said it a bunch. But that is this. if How can I justify saying it is not safe strictly from a could-catch-the-virus perspective? It's not safe for 60,000 fans to get in there together because they could catch the virus. But it is safe for 22 football players to be on the field touching each other, pushing each other, spitting on each other, sweating on each other, wallowing around on each other, breathing on each other, snotting on each other. And then we run 22 others out there when we flip it offense, defense, and 22 others out there when we flip it special teams. Because if we're just looking at it from a could catch the virus. How's that safe? If it's not safe for the fans. The argument was and still is. Well, again, you can't test 100,000 fans in Tuscaloosa. You can test 100 football players in Tuscaloosa. That is true. Makes total sense as far as who, you, how many you could run through testing. The problem is just sheer safety. I can't figure out a scenario where it makes sense to say, well, we'll run the players out there. If they catch it, at least we'll, if they catch the virus and spread it, at least we'll be able to test them. Well, what if one player on one team, if it's if we're at a point where it's still so unsafe, one player on one team has it, goes out and plays in a game, now 12 players on the opposing team have it. And then 12 goes to 24. And now that team's not playing any more football. You, you, you see all these layers? That's all the things that all these decision makers are trying to run into. And so I think what we're looking at here is, and I just keep coming back to it, we're either, we either will reach a point where we decide, or the we, the experts decide, Hey, it's mitigated pretty well. Go ahead. Play it. Fans and all. Open it back up. Do it. Or not. It it will be a simple yes or no. Can you are your students back on campus going to class? Yes. Well, open up the football stadium. Play a game. Bring them all in there. Sell your tickets back to normal. That's what I think it boils down to. Are your students not on campus? Nope, they're not back. Well, then you're not playing football. And so, again, as it pertains to the testing, okay, let's say we do get back to the point where, I mean, we got fans and football going on. Well, the testing, again, is the major, major part of this. Some type of test developed where i can take the test it's widely available all over the place i go boom test it and a few hours later i know i have that virus or not what a weird thing jason says on the country pleasing text line there are bunches of 24-hour tests out there now new ones on the market will let you test at home testing shouldn't be a problem by september october for the rich leagues, it won't apply to everyone everywhere. And that makes a lot of sense, too. That's a thing. It's like it's two different conversations, Jason, based on who we're talking about and funds that are available and people that are available. Yeah. Maroon Richie says, How much of a money loss would it be without fans? A huge one, obviously. But it wouldn't be as much of a loss if they didn't play at all. Because if they play some, it'll be on TV. Don't you know? Man, you could you could take 22 guys and section off a part of Highway 45 and line it off and play it out there on the concrete. ESPN would bring cameras and broadcast it. That's how bad they need a live sporting event right now. Rebel Godfather says, no more sports. Everybody has to be in a bubble to be outside. <laughs> But see, Miko says it. He says, what you just described is why we could possibly be without football. The virus is spread so easily. The athletes could spread it to others on campus. And mass spread is not what you want. And until there is a somewhat of a grasp on uh, on testing and treatment, my brain isn't smart enough and big enough and broad enough to understand how you start it all back up. And and I hope I'm wrong. I want it back. Now <laughs> stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt show. Yeah, bubble football. Dan, who's watching the live stream on Facebook, said uh, they could wear spacesuits. <laughs> are we going to have uh, what, football uniforms that, instead of just face masks, are going to be body covers? Is that what we're going to have? <laughs> um, what about... Um, uh maroon richie says you know bubble football i couldn't when you said that maroon richie i couldn't help but picture beaver what are those is there a name for those big uh inflatable bubble suits that people they they go out there and they get in them and then they run into each other on purpose and they knock them back like 20 feet and they bounce around inside that big bubble you know what i'm talking about
0: oh yeah like that like a big clear ball pretty (laughs) much right yeah i've I've seen those. I don't know what they're called.
1: I don't either. They get in them, and then you go bouncing down the hill, you know? We're going to play football in those. You get 22 guys, and there's, like, bumper cars out there. Mm-hmm. That would actually be entertaining, Yeah, I, I guess, sort of. I think so. I don't know. I don't think it would. I get tired of it quick. It'd be about as entertaining as watching a stupid cornhole on television. I've heard well, about that for a year or two, and I tried to watch, like, five minutes of it. I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life.
0: You know, when you think about those balls, okay, if that became the version of football, then what defines a tackle? No one would ever be down. (laughs) You know, every play, I mean, you just keep bouncing each other back. So I guess technically there would be no scoring either. They would just be bouncing off each other for 60 minutes.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Bouncing. That was a great line. No one would ever be technically down. <laughs> That's right. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't work. But it's a funny thought, Maroon Ritchie. Now, <clears throat> Bulldog Bo has a really good, good question. Outstanding question, Bulldog Bo. He says, Matt, I have to ask you a serious question. What do students on campus have to do with athletes playing football? Online classes are still going on. I don't understand. Okay, that's in regards to my statement that in my head, as I try to think about it again and line all and this stuff up and organize all these possibilities in my head. In regards to college football, if you just look at, I'm looking at college football and I keep coming back to it. And like I said, Bulldog Bo heard me. It seems to me the threshold, the benchmark, the, the line in the sand is, Students are allowed back on campus, in the dorms, in the sorority house, in the fraternity house, in the buildings, in the classroom. When and if that, when they are, and they will be, but when they are, well, guess what? Now we're back in business. Anybody can come on campus and anybody can go in the close proximity of each other, including our team in the locker room, in the weight room, and on the field and our fans in the stadium. But until... We're at a point where a university can say, and I know Liberty University in Virginia said it a month ago, hey, y'all come on back if you want to. It's up to you. But the point when you reach a point when, until you can have your students back on campus, it's hard for me to imagine a scenario where you would go, all right, let's have football in that same scenario okay and so bulldog boat matt you're saying matt i have to ask a serious question what do students on campus have to do with athletes playing football well number one now it's not being smart Alec, but let's remember that until further notice i know there's an argument until further notice they are students football players are students Listen to that. Think about that. Football players are students. You're telling me that there is going to be potentially a scenario where we say to the engineering majors, class of 2023, you cannot come back on campus. All of your classes are online. We say to the Five Mu sorority. You cannot come back on campus and live in that together in that five Mu house. We're, we're going to do that, but we are at the same time going to say to our football students, You come on back and you get in that locker room together, a hundred at a time. Mm-hmm. And you get in that weight room together and you practice and you play. Why? Why would they want them to come back? Well, because we need to play football to make the money. So you're telling me, now again, we're going hypothetical. Stay with me, Bo. Hypothetical. This is a hypothetical conversation down the road. So wait, I'm a lawyer. You're telling me it's not technically really all that safe to have all of your students, your students, back on campus together. But, but you're going to bring your players back on campus together? Because how many of those players, the ones who then, I don't know, come down with the coronavirus, are going to turn around and sue the pants off that school and that coach and that conference? Because you said it was – basically a requirement for me to come back. It was basically safe for me to come back. But it wasn't safe for other students. Do you see what I'm getting at, Bo? Liability and responsibility of decision makers as it pertains to the safety of students. Okay? That goes, yes, beyond technically, can they play a game? And it kind of be okay. Yeah, sure. But it goes beyond that. And I can't for a minute stop and think that people haven't thought about that. They have thought about that. And that's what and I haven't had that conversation with anybody. That's not coming. Understand this, Bo. That's not coming from a conversation with somebody at State or Ole Miss or some school. Okay. That's not. It's just something I thought of. <laughs> And let me give you an example. Colonel Mustard just sent this to my Twitter feed. Tweetly deedly deed I'm Radio Wyatt. If you all want to see it, there's a link there. It comes from WLBT. Story is up. It is dated today. Attorney General to sue China on behalf of Mississippi. Mississippi Attorney General Lynn Fitch will file a lawsuit against China over the COVID-19 outbreak. Says China needs to be held accountable, quote, for the malicious and dangerous acts that caused death, health injuries and serious economic loss from the COVID-19 crisis. There's more to it. Go see it for yourself if you'd like to. Does that make any sense at all, Bo? You see where I'm coming from? We live in a world where it's just different from the NFL. It's totally different. What is the NFL? It's a professional deal. They are employees. That's what they are. But in college football, as of 2020, they are students. In fact, you know, the NCAA has gone to great lengths to force the universities and the, the whole structure to, doggone it, you treat them like regular students. They're like regular students. You treat them that way. You know how I know that? They don't have athletics dorms anymore. Beginning in 1995, I was a true freshman in 1995, all those years ago, 25 years ago. I was a true freshman. The year before, 94, they had an athletics dorm on campus, on every campus. You've always heard about them. When I got there for two-a-days in 95, we lived in that athletic storm, MacArthur Hall, Mississippi State. But at the end of two-a-days practice and school was starting, forced by lawyers in the NCAA, Mississippi State moved all of us out of the athletic dorm. It was done for, over, never seen or heard from again in terms of athletic dorm. That was it. Upperclassmen had a choice. We had to give them a choice upperclassmen, sophomores, and above could either choose to live on campus in a dorm room of their choosing or they could choose to go off campus and live in an apartment or a house or whatever. we got to treat them just like regular students starting in 1995. Freshmen, just like other freshmen, could be required to live in dorms on campus, but we had to be mixed in there with other students. There was no set-apart athletic dorm. Why? Because we got to, the NCAA and the lawyers said, beginning in 95, student athletes are just like other students. They better be treated like other students. Legally. Fair, 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 fair. And we still live in that world. It was only 25 years ago. Every bit of those stipulations still apply. So you can't, you can't have a situation where somehow it's okay to bring football students onto campus in groups and basically require they be there. But it's not okay to bring the other students on campus and require that they be there. It Oil and water. It will not mix. So that's what you look to. You want to go back to your stadium to watch your Rebels, your Bulldogs, your Golden Eagles, your Crimson Tide play in person? You count down the days to when they let students back on campus because then and only then will it happen. We'll wrap it up next. Stay with me. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Here we go. Chance to wrap it up with you. Jason on the Country Pleasing text line says, if students have to come back, nobody's playing anything for a year. At least. Seems like a long time. Sure does. Does that not make sense, though? I mean, seriously. Seriously. You're going to get every college football player to come in there and sign a waiver and a release that it's okay for them to come back and be around all these people and go through extra testing and you know be around several hundred others yet it's not okay for all the other students I I I just think it's something that a lot of people have not thought about. Colonel mustard on my uh, Twitter feed at radio Wyatt says, Now is a good time to remind all those new wave fans of socialism that in a socialist atmosphere, this is how it feels every day. Where is the applause button? That's another thing we haven't brought up yet. Dad, yum, you're right. Hey, what's it like living a socialist society? Socialism. This. Stay your butt home. We'll let you know when it's time to come pick up your dadgum toilet paper. Yeah, well, I want to advance in life. Well, forget it. Dummies. I mean, far be it for me, Colonel Mustard. But let me just say, there are silver linings. This is, you know, it's tragic. It is horrible it is life altering for millions and millions the worst tragedies obviously are people who are losing loved ones all over the place right and left that is a fact the numbers back that up okay but if one result of all of this is that it shows a huge number of people how terrible it is to live in a socialist atmosphere Then, okay. All right. Flowtown Ghost said, Matt, don't be bringing common sense into this. (laughs) Bulldog Bo said, well, when you put it like that. And yes, Ghost Pepper said, I heard an alarm go off in the background. Is Brooks trying to steal the hand sanitizer again? (laughs) They have accused others of stealing that. Beaver, do you know who stole the hand sanitizer from the radio station? Yeah, it was Chris. So he did, indeed. he took it out of there. Yeah. Why would he do that?
0: No, he didn't steal from the station. You know who he stole it from? Me.
1: From you? It, his, he just his, took it.
0: His own co-worker. He claims <sighs> that he thought it was just for him. Come on, but, Chris. Um, the girl who brought it in here, she works for 99 Jams. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with everyone in the building here.
1: Nah, completely. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well... She came in here and she brought in a bottle of hand sanitizer. This was like, this was before things got crazy and everything got shut down. This was about five weeks ago, I would guess. She came in here with a little bottle and it was for the studio. And she specified, now, Chris didn't hear it. Okay. I will give him that. She specified it was for the studio, but he assumed that it was just for him.
1: Yeah. Mm, Well, see, that's a problem. You know what happens when you assume. And the Mm -hmm. thing about it is you don't even have to say that. Look, Chris didn't have to hear her say that it was for the studio. Here's all he has to know. It's not
0: his.
1: (laughs) That's all he has to know. It's his now, though, because he took it.
0: Oh, yeah. He's been been clinging to it every day. I don't know if you saw my little game last week I played on Twitter regarding his usage, by the way.
1: No, I didn't see it.
0: Oh, you know, okay, Matt. Though I'm here all day and it's long hours, I'm not constantly working. So during the show last week, one day, I I took notes. I I charted how often he was using his hand sanitizer. Okay, all right. (laughs) He used it. I think it turned out to be six times in the first hour of the show. It's his. It's it is his uh, lifeline. Really, hand sanitizer has become Chris's lifeline.
1: He sit how many times in an hour? It was either five or six. I so, want to say it was six. Though. So basically, he averaged basically he averaged washing his hands twice per segment.
0: I will document this because I put it on Twitter last week. Let me <laughs> go back and look.
1: Wow, okay. hang with me. Twice per segment. Here it is. All right, I can't imagine like twice per segment.
0: He used his hand sanitizer at 10 o'clock as the show was coming on. Okay. Okay. All right. Then he followed it up at 10.08, 10.28, 10.57, and 11.06. <laughs> so so five, five times.
1: Five times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, this came. Oh. I, no, wait a minute. I wanna... he,
1: did it at, he did it at the top of the show as you began, and then eight minutes later, he watched him again.
0: Oh, yeah. Then 20 minutes
1: later, then. You know what? 29 somebody has gotten in his ear nobody does that like naturally somebody has gotten in chris's ear and told him hey when you're up there you need to be washing your hands constantly and stay away from that microphone does he bring it he brings his own little microphone windscreen in right
0: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. oh and i'd also i want to i may should have prefaced this but i think it's a nice addition now matt this came on the heels of 20 minutes every day before Chris gets in here. Well, maybe, maybe about 10 to 20 minutes before. A lot of times he walks in while I'm doing it. I had Clorox wiped his countertops, his mouse pad, his keyboard. I had Lysol his mic guard and his mic. I had Lysol even his chair. I spare. I take every precaution. I had Lysol both doorknobs in and out, and I had Lysol the light switch. And then he still came in and used hand sanitizer <laughs> five times in an hour.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's got a little bit of a problem, doesn't he? <laughs> Chris, well, look, let's just say in the time that we're living, Chris, if you're going to air on one side or the other, go ahead and err on the side of caution. Yeah. We'll give him that. And that's what's up with beaver.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: Nice. In just a little bit, in about five minutes, I'll finish the show. I'm going to have lunch. I'm going to have a nice milk steak for lunch.
0: <laughs> Boiled over hard <laughs> with a side of your finest jelly beans.
1: <laughs> that's right. I'm going to sit and daydream about ghouls. You know, little green <laughs> ghouls. Okay. Enough of that. Um on this day in 2007 the Red Sox became the fifth big league team to hit four consecutive home runs in an inning Manny Ramirez, J.D. Drew, Mike Lowell, and Jason Veritek. One, two, three, four. Back to back to back to back. It happened on this day in 07 at Fenway. That one is hit well. That
0: one is on its way. And goodbye. Over everything. Onto the streets of Boston. the manager reacting to it. That one is hit deep. J.D. Drew has gotten a hold of one. On its way and out of here into the bleachers. That's his second home run. Now, whoa! And this game is going to be tied up! That one's headed for New Hampshire! What a shot! And they're playing home run derby early this year at Fenway Park. Three booming home runs in a row! That ball is hit! And that one is on its way! Number four in a row! And the Red Sox have gone ahead on four swings of the bat
1: here in the third. How about that? Four in a row. And the voice of John Miller calling that baseball game. I miss that, too. Here is a an entertainment nugget for you. On this day in 2005, Beaver, an anonymous bidder purchased the microphone that sat on Johnny Carson's desk on The Tonight Show. The final price was $50,787. And and we don't even know who the anonymous bidder was. The The microphone that sat on Johnny Carson's desk on The Tonight Show. I always thought those microphones weren't even on. They're just for looks. It's like clip the microphone on the guest; They're not using that mic. It's just sitting there for looks. All of them. They never used it. Could be wrong. That'd be a, that seems like a low price for Johnny Carson's desk mic, though fifty thousand dollars. It was two thousand five though. You're talking about fifteen years ago. It'd probably go for 150000 hundred fifty thousand now, right? You'd invest in memorabilia. Back to back to back to back. Thanks Bulldog Blitz. He really liked that. Maybe you're a Red Sox fan. I don't know. Chris from Macon wanted to know, where is the Hump Day song for the second hour? Well, it's too late. You have to wait till next week. <laughs> we played it in the first hour. And so uh, you'll have to wait till next Wednesday. Let's see. I'm going to come up. Uh, I'll come up with a song for tomorrow with the word Thursday in it. That's all for today. See you tomorrow. Same time, same place. See you.